Hello, plant lovers, and thank you for tuning into another episode of the Plantology Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Natalie. And I'm your co-host, Hannah. And today we have the history and lore of another wonderful herb to share with you, and that herb is mugwort, uh, otherwise known as Artemisia vulgaris, uh, her Latin binomial. And this was actually one of the first herbs I ever worked with long before I decided to attend herbal school and long before I had any idea about the true power of herbs. So This was the first herb you worked with because I've never heard of this herb before you told me that we were doing this podcast on it. Yeah, um, I'll tell you the story a little later (laughs) on. Um, But yeah, this was like one of the first herbs that I worked with, but it was it really it was before I ever knew anything about herbs at all so honestly I was not excited when you told me we were doing mugwort just because it doesn't sound like appealing no (laughs) she's a cool herb it turns out that this herb is crazy important and I've never Mm -hmm. heard of it which makes me really question our educational system (laughs) yeah it's it's a super cool herb so without further ado let's get right into today's episode Welcome to the Plantology Podcast, where we talk about the long-standing presence of herbs throughout human history. I believe there is knowledge embedded within these stories that may connect more with the spirit of the herbs. So, Mugwort gets her Latin name of Artemisia vulgaris um, from her association to the Greek goddess Artemis. And Artemis is the deity of women, specifically the protector of young girls and a reliever of disease in women, which in herbalism today, you can oftentimes see mugwort being used for women's specific ailments, such as menstruation. Um, I know a girl right now who's using it because her period is late and she can kind of feel it like almost stuck. So she's like, I need to get it moving. So she is using mugwort um among other herbs but mugwort was one of the ones she went to for that so um i think it's cool that it it gets its name from the greek goddess artemis when she's the deity of women and then medicinally mugwort is used for lots of different uh women specific ailments i found specifically that she was the lunar goddess of childbearing I found a lot of stuff with mugwort regarding pregnancy and childbirth specifically, and even in uses as abortions. Um, So Mm. there's a lot of uses. Um, I also found that she is associated with women's dreams and goals and independence. Oh my Um, gosh, wait, this is cool because we're going to get into dreams with mugwort also, but I did not know that Artemis was associated with dreams. Yes, yes, which I found a bunch of stuff on mugwort being used for lucid dreaming, so yes. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. So yes, she yes. is also associated with women's dreams, which is really cool. I mean, the that herb is, is literally so cool. Named I did her. not know that she was associated with women's dreams, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is super and cool with- because this is a big dream herb for sure. Yeah, so with the wilderness, with hunting, with women's dreams, and childbearing specifically. Um, And I also found that this was called the mother of all herbs, which is Mm kind of highlights the importance of this herb. And I didn't even know about it in our modern society. Yeah. Um, I also found it was called the witch's herb um, or crone wart. I don't know why it has all these names that kind of sound icky. (laughs) Well, wart means plant. Yeah, when I think of wart, I don't think of plant well, I as know. a non-herbalist. <laughs> I know, but wart means plant. And that's why you have a lot of 
herbs that have that wart um, in in their name. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, she is known as the mother of herbs, uh, which uh, is called Mater Herbarium, meaning the mother of herbs. So yeah, I, I also found that one. And it, it, it again just highlights her women connection there. And so that's yeah. a great one. Yeah. And I found that Artemis is the helper of midwives um, as the mm. goddess of birth. And I found that historically and mainly in England um, or in the UK area, it was used to ease the pain of childbirth. Um, I've also heard that. Yeah. And it also was used traditionally in Europe to induce abortion. Um, And in the context of both of those, it strengthens contractions um, and it's used to promote labor and help expel the afterbirth. So so then like if you're using it in the beginning of a pregnancy and you're uh, kind of forcing those contractions i guess or not forcing but um encouraging those contractions the i mean i would assume that the egg that was implanted would kind of slip away from the the yeah. walls of the uterus if it's and starting like, to contract like that so i could see right. why they would use that as an abortion in like very early term right and like I, you said with your friend i also found that it stimulates the uterus to bring on delayed menstruation right and, and again that's probably it, through that uh the contractions of that uterus so right right and yeah. it eases menstrual cramps so yeah. a lot yes, to do with women i think this is the most female-centered herb we've done so far i think so for sure it's a very yeah. female-centered herb and just going back to the um, Mater Herbarium, the Mother of Herbs nickname that she has, um, the nickname was given to her due to her strong protective energy, much like that energy of a mother. Um, and this just reminds me of Mama Bear energy. Um, <laughs> maybe it's because we were just in Alaska and saw all the bears with their baby we saw cubs. a lot of Mama Bears, yeah. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> Um, but it just really gives me that like mama bear energy, which we see in moms of species in nature, not just in bears. Like you see it with the moose too. I, these are all going to be like Alaska. Alaska <laughs> animals, cause, cause well, because just we just got Alaska. back from Alaska and we saw so many animals out there, but I mean, really it, it's true. Like there are so many species where the mama is just that very protective, um, energy to her her babies you know so she's just yeah uh, like yeah well in that same sense of protection i also found that traditionally it was used to prevent poisoning um or used as like a deterrent against poison which i've never heard that that's interesting whether it works or not i don't know let's not let's not (laughs) test that um unless you like really have to but let's not test that because i'm sure it's an antidote to specific things not all poisons so let's let's just not test that well since we're talking about like physical properties and like how it physically helps the body which is mainly what i found this was the the herb so far that we've done that i found the most physical properties about it so apparently Mm -hmm. it increases circulation throughout the body and removes stagnant blood which that goes back Mm -hmm. to promoting delayed menstruation right Mm -hmm. right yep so um mugwort like you said was used um or i guess not mugwort but you said that artemis was connected to midwives Mm -hmm. and mugwort has been recorded being used in midwifery so again another woman connection here and midwives would make a decoction of mugwort to help facilitate childbirth and this was done for thousands of years by experienced midwives 
So decoction is when you boil the herb, which um, is interesting that they did decoction of mugwort because typically when it's like a a leafy um, herb, you're going to infuse it, not decoct it, uh, just because it's they tend to be more delicate. And so we tend to decoct things that are more like root and um, thicker, harder, you know, like roots and berries, things like that. So I found it interesting that they say that they used a decoction of the mugwort to help facilitate childbirth and not an infusion, but that could have just been who was recording it also. Um, Maybe they did both. Uh, And that has been used for thousands of years by experienced midwives. And the herb would also be placed on delivery beds or in delivery spaces as a way to ward off any evil or spells, ensuing that the baby was entering the world in an energetically clean, uplifting space. So again, that protective energy of that like mom protecting it from like protecting the baby with a positive spiritual energy while at Mm -hmm. the same time assisting their birth into the world yeah physically speaking yeah so it's doing both energetic work and physical work i found in wales that mugwort was tied to the left thigh of a woman having a difficult labor um but but the midwives believed that if it was not removed immediately after the birth that she might hemorrhage to death so just easing with well i mean it does remove stagnant (laughs) blood it it oh yeah yeah so then hemorrhage right after right oh that's so interesting yeah so they had to immediately remove and it it was tied to the left left thigh thigh. Mm mm-hmm yeah, hmm. so I wonder why the left action is. I don't know why the left, but it's it's close. Yeah, to I'm curious going why on. the left. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. So another way midwives have used it. So obviously it's a herb that is in the medicine bag of uh, midwives. It's clearly an important one to them. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about lucid dreaming? That's um, a fun one. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm just yeah, excited we'll about the lucid I know. dreaming. Because I can't lucid dream. Like, it's never worked for me. <laughs> and it sounds fun. You definitely can. I just think it's something that takes practice. I mean, and, yeah, like any, and, 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 like any form of meditation or, you know, it takes practice. And I practice. hate meditating. It's, I have, like, little patience for it. I think that's why I can't lucid dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. So um, we also see mugwort being utilized to ward off evil and spirits in many different cultures. And I just want to go into this because we were just talking about how it helps facilitate a clean, like energetic environment for the baby to be born into. So Mm -hmm. I like that there's a lot of different cultures that also use it for evil um, and warding off evil and spirits. Uh, Because again, I just love when you see these cultures using the same energetics of the plant when they weren't communicating with each other yet. So that's just like crazy to me. Still still crazy to me, even though what episode is this? Five. Um, I don't know. Honestly, in every every single episode, we've seen overlaps between cultures that weren't communicating. Yeah. And that's just like one of my favorite parts because it just i just love that but um and because it it's like proving almost that the plants really do have their own spirits and can communicate these properties to humans if we take the time to listen and engage with the plants in a meaningful way so that's why i think it's so cool that we see these overlaps over and over Mm -hmm. and over again 
Um, but let's start in Asia with um, how it was used to protect against evil. So in China, during their dragon festival, mugwort would be hung around to ward off evil spirits. So that was one. And that was like just a little tidbit I saw somewhere. Um, I think it was in one of my books that I was looking in um, that that was a use that they would use to ward off evil spirits during one of their festivals of celebration. The dragon festival. When is that festival like in the year? Um, So like. When I was looking into the Dragon Festival, I feel like it kind of, from what it seemed like, is that it doesn't necessarily have a set day that it kind of, like, fought, like... I'm just thinking because with the herbs that we've studied so far, usually they're associated with a specific season. Right. And I didn't really find that with mugwort. I didn't really find that with mugwort either. That's why I was curious if there's, like, a set time for the Dragon Festival, like, seasonally. I don't think, like, I had a hard time understanding the Dragon Festival, I'm not going to lie. Um, so I don't know a lot about Asian culture. As I, I don't before, either. So. I don't either. And I know that their calendar works differently than our calendar does, mm-hmm. so I'm not exactly sure. But I just found that um, in the Dragon Festival, they would hang the mugwort um, to ward off evil spirits. And I don't know if they still do this during their Dragon Festival or not, but they used to. <laughs> um, well, while we're on China, did you find something called Moxa? No. Okay, so apparently this is still used today in Chinese culture, and it's usually used in conjunction with acupuncture treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so so mugwort, it's a tonic herb, and it acts on the digestive and nervous systems as well. And I found in a lot of sources that it has a diuretic effects, and it increases sweating. So in Chinese medicine, they make this, I don't, I don't know, a concoction called moxa, um, and it's a method of stimulating acupressure points in cases of internal cold, like your cold inside. Right, 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 right. So the dried leaves of the mugwort are compressed into a wick, and then they light it, and it smolders, and it's held close to the skin to well, increase I've blood actually, flow. I actually have heard about this. I just, like, didn't recognize the name when you were, when you said it. I might it. not be saying it right, but, but that goes back to it increasing, you know, its effects as a diuretic, increasing circulation and removing mm-hmm. stagnant blood. They still use this in conjunction with mm-hmm. acupuncture. Yeah. They use a lot of herbs in conjunction with acupuncture, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool because you have... Yeah, it, we won't, but yeah, very cool. Um, I did not come across that because I didn't really dig deep into um China and mugwort. To be honest with you, um, that was I just saw that one little fact in my uh folklore book. And well, it was apparently, cool. it has a huge significance in Chinese medicine. Uh, that was just a, a fun one I found <laughs> that they're yeah, still no, that's, using it that's today. Really cool, and it mm-hmm. makes it makes sense. Yeah. So, anyways, um. It's also used in Japan, um, and this one was really interesting use of mugwort. Ooh, I, I thought... didn't come across it in Japan. What'd you okay, find? so I thought this was really fun. So it was used for clairvoyant purposes, and if you don't know what clairvoyance is... Is that like divination? Kind of. So the Webster Dictionary says it's the ability... <laughs> well, because like I, I know what clairvoyance is. I just like have a hard time putting it into words, I guess. So I'm like, okay, how I'm going to go to the dictionary. <laughs> so the Webster Dictionary says it is the ability to perceive matters beyond the range of ordinary perception. So almost ca- kind of like... um. Like, think, like, psychic or just, like, a very intuitive person or, like, sixth sense type, you know, thing. That's kind of what clairvoyance is. So and there's, it's not necessarily predicting the future. Not necessarily, no. That's there's different. There's There's different clairs, and um, you can get into that, but, um, like, different kind of senses that people may have. Um, 
But one example I found of mugwort being used in Japan for a clairvoyant purpose was if a house was robbed in the middle of the night and the burglar's footmarks were visible the next morning, the housekeeper would burn mugwort in them, which would hurt the robber's feet and make it easy to capture them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So they would burn the mugwort in, like, the footprints. Yeah, they would burn the mugwort in the footprints of the burglar. And this was, like, supposed to physically, I guess, hurt the burglar's feet, which would then slow them down and then make the capture of the burglar easy. That is super cool. Isn't that fun? I know. I thought that was so fun. I was like, this is cool. That's kind of a revenge herb right there. I guess. I mean, revenge or kind of protection, again, because you're capturing the person who's invading your space and, you know, so it's protecting you from them from coming back again because you've captured them. (laughs) Okay, so because you mentioned feet specifically, I found Mm -hmm. one thing from ancient Rome. Oh, yes. I okay. It had to do with feet. Yeah, (laughs) it does. I know exactly what you're about to say, but yeah. Yeah, okay. So I found that Roman soldiers would put mugwort in their sandals Mm -hmm. to keep their feet from getting tired so they could walk farther. Yep, they would. Um, It was such a random fact. (laughs) Yeah, um, well... Yeah, you know why they would have done that? It yeah, didn't so why. it was known as the traveler's herb to um, people in ancient Rome. And so they would also carry it with them when traveling or like the soldiers, you know, marching because they're traveling. Um, they would carry it with them to ward off any delays or accidents or thieves or any kind of like road bump they might encounter while they're on their journey or their march, whatever they're doing. So if they're soldiers are probably like, I just envision them marching. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so then they would use the the fresh herb they would put it in their sandals to keep their um feet from hurting um and they also would infuse it into honey and put it on bruises to help uh on heal bruises. The, yeah to help heal the bruise um huh. so that was yeah i'm thinking because it's moving that stagnant blood and i mean bruises so are healing yeah yeah and bruises are just like kind of like a pool of blood that didn't get out of your body because your skin wasn't broken yeah you know so i i mean that makes total Uh, that that does make sense yeah i didn't find anything about bruising but that definitely makes sense yeah um and then they also uh another since we're on the romans let's just go into it Um, (laughs) i didn't find anything else on them so let's hear it they would also use the dried stalks of um mugwort to burn um their fires so like to kindle their fires and Mm -hmm. they use these because they said that it kept the fire burning longer so i'm thinking that it just means it burns very slowly and this was done by travelers as well um that were making their camp at night so also like those soldiers making their camp at night um and needing fire and so they would burn mugwort because it burned um long and it was kind of easy to get burning so a good kindle so they'd stick it in their shoes during the day, walk all day, at night, take it out, make a fire. Dual use. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but the fire I'm they joking, said... I'm, I'm like, yeah, because the fire, they said they were using the stalks of it, and the in the sandals, they're using the leaf of it. See, this is why I'm not an herbalist. I don't make these distinctions. 
Yes. Yeah. So, you know. Um, and then uh, also in modern days, mugwort can still be utilized by travelers. And one way to use the herb during travel is you can take some mugwort and put it in your suitcase. If you're like going on a train or a plane, anywhere you have to check your luggage, you can put some mugwort into your suitcase and um, it just helps ensue that it's going to make it to the final destination on time and not get lost. So instead of putting an apple tag, I should put mugwort. In my yeah. suitcase to yeah, screw that screw the apple tag put the mug <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay kidding. we're gonna test this <laughs> yeah next time next time i uh next time i've let never actually know, let us know if anyone has used mugwort to track their luggage. <laughs> yeah i it's not to track your luggage just to make sure okay, it doesn't get I lost okay, to ensure it gets to the destination <laughs> yeah yes. and i've never lost my luggage but knock on wood next time i'll put some mugwort in there just for safe measures yeah i think you should just in case yeah. since you said that <laughs> yeah um anyways let's jump back to the um protectors against evil real quick because i just have one more thing on that um so i want to just before we get too far Away from that, you I want to distracted. Yeah, I want to cover that. So, if we jump across the world, so we were in Asia. Now let's jump across to the Americas. Um, shut where... up! Shut up! Did you find stuff with the Native Americans using it for protection? Yes. Oh, I did too. Our research yeah. doesn't overlap usually that much. I know it doesn't, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah. So the Native Americans would use it as a protector against evil, and they would use it for spiritual practices, as it was believed to keep the ghosts away when rubbed on the body, as well as um, they would keep it close by while one slept, because they believed that um, if you like wore a necklace of mugwort leaves or you kept it nearby, that it would keep one from dreaming of the dead. Dreaming of the dead. That's intense. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of ties back with our Hawthorne, you know, protection against the dead. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like this in this case, it's kind of like protection against just like spirit. That yeah, they, like unwanted spirit. So I, I found with my research on Native Americans that specifically use of mugwort to Californian tribes. Okay. Um, and maybe, I don't know, it just grows better there. But um, I found that California tribes, they, they wore mugwort leaves, like you said, to keep away ghosts and mm-hmm. evil dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would burn it as incense um, or dry it and sew it into a pillow to ensure positive and spiritually meaningful dreams. So so these Native Americans in California were using it to lucid dream by I actually pillows. have put mugwort in my pillow. Did it work? I wasn't necessarily doing it for dreams. I was just doing it. I don't remember why I did it. Um but I have because it was a while ago, but I have put mugwort into my pillow before. I feel like I want to use it now and yeah. try it to lucid dream because they were using it to lucid dream. Um and apparently using it made it more likely for them to remember and interact with the That's spirits. why I put it in my pillow. I wanted to remember my dreams. and Yeah, so when they wanted to remember yeah. dreams and interact with um, the spirit, the positive spirits. And remember dreams, that encounter with them. Right, they would use right. mugwort to lucid dream. Mm, and so they called cool. it the dream plant. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. So, since we're talking about dreams, yes. So, the mugwort. Yay, we're getting into lucid yes, dreaming. So it's cool. used for dreams um, a lot, which is actually why I first used mugwort. And again, that's why you know what it is because you were trying to lucid dream? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that makes a lot more sense. I can see you doing that. (laughs) Yeah, and it was like, it was literally, this was years ago. Like, I think this was like pre-COVID. Like, this was a long time ago. Um, And I was in college still at ASU. And I was listening to... Good old ASU. Yeah, good old ASU. Um, I was listening (laughs) to um, a podcast on plants I guess and they had talked about um their experiences like um smoking mugwort before bed you can smoke it yeah you can smoke a lot of herbs I did not know you could smoke mugwort well it's like the same concept of the Native Americans burning incense of it they probably weren't burning that out in the open they were probably burning it in like enclosed spaces and then you're breathing in that smoke you can smoke a lot of herbs but should you smoke a lot of herbs that's the real question should you smoke mugwort I mean I mean, it's, it's not, like, going to hurt you, no. Well, like, I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm not the herbalist. Yeah, no, you can, like, there's there's herbs that you can smoke. Um, I mean, should you smoke all herbs? Probably not. But there are herbs <laughs> that, yes, you can smoke, like, and it's not, yeah, there's herbs you okay, can okay, smoke. Okay, okay, back to your podcast. You yeah, so anyways, they were, they were smoking herb mugwort before bed, and then they were talking about these, like, crazy dreams they had and, like, how they were just, like, really getting into their subconscious and their dreams, and I was like, oh, my God, that is so freaking cool. Like, no way. I... <laughs> That's what I need. I need to get into my subconscious because I can't yeah, hear you, it right now. You kind of do. No offense. I definitely <laughs> No offense. Offense taken. Okay, well, you said it first, so. <laughs> so? <laughs> but I'm just saying you really should get in there because there's It's some hard shit. to hear when there's so many voices around me. Okay, well, learn to differentiate. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> let me. I'm sorry I'm all agitated today (laughs) so um anyways they were talking about the crazy dreams they had after they would like smoke the mugwort before they went to bed and I was like okay that is so freaking cool that a plant Mm. can enhance your dreams like that and like I said this is before I knew what herbalism was like and so naturally I looked up a place to like go buy mugwort so I was like I'm gonna try this Mm. and so I found this super cool little apothecary um which has the best name like ever for an apothecary it's called happy healthy horny hippie oh that's awesome I know so even more so I was like oh yeah we're going there is is that in phoenix (laughs) yeah it's in tempe okay um and it's right by asu so I was like oh even better Happy, healthy, horny, hippie. Yeah, isn't that such a good name? It is a a great name. name. (laughs) And so I went there. I bought some mugwort. I went home. I rolled a little, like, mugwort cigarette, um, mugwort (laughs) joint (laughs) before bed. And I was like, all right, we're going to smoke this. And I can confirm my dreams were much more vivid. And really? Yeah, they were much more vivid. I wouldn't say I was like lucid dreaming, but they were like very vivid dreams. And I wish I remembered what I dreamt about because I didn't write it down and I should have. Um, mm. But, you know, I just remember them being a lot more vivid. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. So that was like my it. first experience like ever with an herb. So this is a special herb for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like my first herb experience. Um, oh, so cute. Trying to like wart. lucid dream. <laughs> <laughs> of 
But if you remember, um, in our lemon balm episode, we briefly talked about working with lemon balm when you're trying to dive into your dreams more mm-hmm. um, and work with that realm of subconscious. So you could use mugwort and lemon balm and combine those for the purpose of lucid dreaming. Among mugwort, like, lemon balm, cigarette, yum. Yeah, I mean, you could, among <laughs> like other herbs, you could also combine. Or like you can drink it as a tea. You don't have to be smoking it before bed. Like you can tincture tea, whatever you want to do. Put it in your pillow like you don't have to smoke it well, I just talking about like lucid dreaming I found that um it has a really big importance in divination mm-hmm. and some people are like that's because it, you know traditionally the crystal ball is used and that's associated with Artemis and the moon mm-hmm. but also just like promoting yeah. interactions with positive spirits so apparently it's used a lot in divination and when I was doing my research I found a ton of like blogs and posts uh, uh, from witches covens that mm. that had um, their herbalists would educate the rest of the coven about certain herbs that were really important for daily use. And this and one mugwort. kept mm-hmm, mugwort yeah. kept coming up over and over again. And one witch called it, and I, I really liked this name, the wise woman's power plant. Ooh, I love that's that a good name. One, right? That's right? a great one. Because that kind of brings in witches. Yeah, and that kind of brings in. I mean, to yeah, you if you're gonna be like a, a witch, you're probably pretty well educated on on things like that. But that brings into play like that women connection, but also that like um like dream connection uh, because I feel like if you're a powerful woman you are in touch with your subconscious in some way yeah you know uh, that's my opinion but um yeah that's cool so wait what was say that name again the wise woman's power plant the wise woman's power plant yeah Yeah. that's what one witch she she knew a lot about mugwort well and it's like helping you tap into your power of your subconscious Oh, yeah, I like that name. That's a really cool name. Yeah, and not only did she go into, like, the subconscious and the divination and lucid dreaming, but all of these, you know, medical uses for for women Mm -hmm. and then also um, for your digestive system. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, it's used um, for all kinds of stuff, and it can even be applied to, like you said, bruises. Mm -hmm. I found it can be applied to um, rashes, poison oak, and other skin disorders. It's a good ingredient for herbal salves. Yeah, um, I came across the rashes uh, with the Roman soldiers um, doing their, like, marches and their their physical pain um, Mm -hmm. because it was that putting it in their sandals was to soothe their feet, but also um, it could help with rashes and aches. So I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then this witch, she also was talking about how taking low doses of it over long periods of time can improve your appetite stimulate digestion and actually increase nutrient absorption absorption oh, in your digestive tract mm-hmm. she knew a lot i was very impressed <laughs> yeah that um you'll have to send me the link to that yeah uh, for other herbs we do i'm hoping that she has some blocks oh i'm sure she does i'm sure she does if she had mugwort i mean maybe not all the herbs that we do but she, i'm sure she has a lot of other ones yeah um let's travel over to england real quick england um yeah england um so mugwort was actually used to make b12 
beer before hops was used. I found that. That's so yeah. cool, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. And there's actually like a lot of history around um, the change over from the mugwort being used and to the hops. Like it's a very like involved history, I would say. Um, so I'll give you a small little rundown of it, but I will include a link in the show notes to a page that I thought did a good job explaining the um, history of hops and beers uh, and mugwort and beer without like being extra long, you know. <laughs> um, but basically, hops or mugwort was used until around the 15th century to make beer, which in the 15th century, around that time, um, hops were introduced into the brewing process. So instead of fermenting using um, hops, like we do now they were using a mixture of herbs called groot which in, yeah which depending on who the brewer was the the combination of herbs would change slightly um but a lot a lot of times it would include mugwort yarrow ground ivy whorehound and sweet gale and groot was said to be highly intoxicating and really? was yeah, and was also known as an aphrodisiac. And the exact Ooh. recipe was said to be a privilege to know. Um, like it was kept very. It seemed like it was kept very secretive. So kind and, of, it was only passed down through like apprenticeships. Yeah, but it like also that. seemed like it was. And I could be wrong, but from what I was reading and gathering, it seemed like it was kind of controlled by the church, the Catholic church. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. a lot of secrets. <laughs> yeah. Because I, like, when the hops was introduced, the archbishop in, I can't remember which country it was because I didn't write this down, but one, of, like, an archbishop was like, like no no you're not using hops like i it like was a big thing like it was a huge thing i guess when they switched from this group mixture over to like hops and apparently this was done when the um who was it the protestants were dividing from the catholic church and it was an attempt to take revenue away from the catholic church by brewing using hops which was a cheaper material at the time Oh, that is fascinating. Yeah. I did not find all of that. I just found that it was used before hops, but that makes a lot yeah. of sense. I mean, the Catholic Church wants to control all revenue and everything. Yeah, well, I was like, I found, I, you know, I found that it was used before hops, and I was like, well, I, why? Like, why'd they switch? Because it's not like hops was like a new plant. Like, hops was also around. So, like, why all of a sudden were they like, no, nah, we're, we're switching to hops? Right. You know? was like I don't I like why are you doing that and so that is what I found I also found a couple different re like there were several reasons but this one seemed to like kind of pop up a more often and that seems plausible to me it seems totally plausible yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but I will include a link to that so if you want to read further on that um I think this link is a great uh this website is a great place to start um well, not read maybe finish, that. but it's a good place to start. So if you're interested, that will be in the show notes for you this week. I yeah. also found, and this is kind of off topic, but since we're in Europe, I'm just going to jump over to Germany. So okay. um, in medieval cooking, it was apparently used a lot. It apparently has like a little bitter taste. It does. Um, I've never tasted it or knowingly tasted it. And um, in medieval times in Europe, they would use it to season fish and meat, especially wild game 
Um, yeah, and... because that bitter flavor gets your bile production going. So I feel like to break down like red meats and uh, those gamier meats, you you need your bile to be strong okay, and ready yeah, to go. Because I was wondering why specifically it was used for all this meat. Well, uh, and that's why I was spraying tasty. bitters in your mouth in Alaska before we ate because it did it have your... mugwort in it? Uh, that one did not know. That was an intense tincture that you sprayed in my mouth. It was really isn't that bad it's just because you're not Ugh. used to bitter flavors it was very bitter uh, okay well that makes sense and well um, you were digesting well okay <laughs> <laughs> and um in germany is traditionally used um as the main herb for christmas goose i guess they still do this oh cool i did not come across that i did come across some uses in germany but i didn't come across any like of them using it in cooking but i like that i might i might mm-hmm. implement that into my own um, yeah, whenever cooking. you have some wild yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, implement some mugwort into the recipe, into the seasoning. Help you digest it. Mm-hmm. That's a cool, that's actually so smart. I mean, I don't have wild game, but I have like, I, I keep. <laughs> you don't you have know. any deer in your fridge? Deer no, but justice? I cook a lot of beef, you know, like I like beef. So. I'm sure it could work with beef too. <laughs> like I do my roasts all the time, you know, and that, that could be good because I dress it with different herbs every week, whatever I'm feeling, but throw some mugwort in there. That might be a mm-hmm. good idea. Yeah. yeah. But what I found on Germany was that um on Midsummer's Day this was this was another like mystical kind of fun one. Um so on Midsummer's Day it was said that a rare coal could be found under mugwort plants but only for What's a coal? W- like coal like like you know coal that turns into diamonds if you put it under oh, enough pressure. Coal. Yeah, yeah, coal. Okay. Yeah. So it was said that there was a rare coal that could be found under mugwort plants only for one hour at noon on Midsummer's Day. And it is said that if you put a piece of this coal under your pillow while you slept, it will bring you dreams about your future husband. So I guess women in Germany would go like at noon on Midsummer's Day, which we know now is the summer solstice, and they would like go collect some of this coal and put it in their pillow or under their pillow so that they could dream of who their future husband would be. Which goes back to the divination association. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the dream literal coal and the dreaming. underneath this plant. Was this coal produced by the plant? Like what? I don't know. I yeah, I was <laughs> Did it magically appear? Hey, I guess so because it was only there for one hour and then disappears. That's magic, okay? <laughs> because coal doesn't Whoa. just disappear. <laughs> or disappear overnight. That's You're a right. One. <laughs> right. For only one hour. One hour. That's it. You have from noon to one. And if you missed it, you missed it. Okay, well, since we're going into But, some like, of, like, magically, the... I feel like that's probably, and, like, I am not a witch, so I do not know, but I feel like <laughs> that is probably when the sun is at its strongest point throughout the entire year because it's Midsummer's Day, so it's, it's summer solstice at noon when the, like, sun is the highest in the sky, so... I feel like that is probably the most powerful hour of the sun all year round. So I don't know, but you're just guessing, but that's a good educated yeah. guess. Yeah, that's, that is a guess. So don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, okay, but it well, since makes sense. In the magical properties. I did find one thing about St. John the Baptist. Did you find stuff on this too? Mm-mm. Okay. 
So apparently the the myth is in medieval times, this herb passed from the pagan goddess Artemis to the Christian saint John the Baptist. Mm. Um, So there's another one. We keep coming across this from pagan cultures kind of bleeding into Christianity Mm -hmm. um, as it becomes more popular, especially in Europe. So the saint carried the herb into the wilderness with him. You know, in the Bible, he was surviving off of locusts and honey in the wilderness. Yummy. Yeah, well, sweet and protein. Um, Okay, the honey, yummy. But the locust, that was sarcasm. (laughs) I've eaten crickets. They're not that bad. So I imagine locusts are like similar. That's probably true. Um, So he carried this herb into the wilderness with him to ward off evil when he was living off of locusts and honey and, and preaching. And this led to uh, the name St. John's Girdle. Um, and wearing the mugwort garland on St. John's Day while dancing around a ceremonial fire. Um, and then you're supposed to toss it into the fire um, when you're done dancing around it to ensure protection for the following year. Oh, and wait, so- I did find this. I don't know why I said no, because I know that I'm staring right at it in my notes. <laughs> Apparently they still do this um, in some places in uh, Europe, in Western Europe. Yeah. Um, In Holland and Germany. And and St. Just so you know, St. John's Eve, um, St. John's Day, it's Midsummer's Eve. It's Midsummer's Day. So it is the summer solstice. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know if you knew that, but. I did not know that. Yeah. So it's it's the same day as we were talking about in Germany. The summer solstice. So in Mm -hmm. Holland and Germany. Um, they also considered the plant sacred to John the Baptist, um, and they also believed he wore this girdle of mugwort for protection. Um, and they gather it, they gather the herb in Holland and Germany on St. John's Eve, summer solstice. So this is another overlap with Germany. And they make it into a crown, and mm-hmm. they wear it all day long to yep. protect them from demon possession, disease, and just general misfortune. Yep, I found that, yeah, I found the same thing, um, that it was um in england used and i guess also yeah holland and um that it was worn on midsummer it was collected on midsummer's um eve so the day before midsummer and then they would wear it and then at night the girdle and then they would throw it into the fire for warding off you know ill fortune and kind of like having a good year ahead i guess um and then i also found that they would collect it on midsummer's eve and hang it above their doors for protection against evil and witchcraft keeping the house pure i also found a lot about protecting against spells and mm-hmm. use to break fairy enchantments oh. and it allows the user to see a situation clearly it strips off all illusions so they can think clearly so that makes sense like protecting against witchcraft which like kind of reminds me of that nickname you were telling us of the power um one the wise woman's power yeah the wise woman's power plant because to be wise and to have that power you have to see through you have to see clearly yeah you have to see clearly so that just kind of reminds me of that um Mm -hmm. yeah actually this summer i was in our school garden on saint john's eve and everyone who was there there were a couple of us there in the garden working um because we have to do garden hours which is really fun that's um really awesome i wish i had to do garden hours it's a medicinal (laughs) herb garden and we yeah so we work in the garden as part of our schooling um but i was there on saint john's eve this year um and so we yeah we all collected some mugwort from the mugwort plants and um i took mine and i hung it on my door above my ristra 
And then I also did dance around a fire in my um, chimenea you guys got me. And then I burned the mugwort after I oh, danced you used the chimenea? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I used the chimenea and I I danced around the fire with mugwort. It was really fun, just by myself in the backyard under the sun. And then I burned the the mugwort. Uh, you didn't tell me about this. That is there's a lot of things I do that I don't tell you. Did you guys? I mean, you literally said I didn't know about the Saint John's ritual because you said no. Doing it. <laughs> because you said John the Baptist, and I'm thinking Saint John. And when you said John the Baptist, it's I was the same like. Thing. I know, but I didn't connect. I didn't automatically connect that. Okay, just good old John. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yes. Um. Yeah. I. I did. I did do that this year, and it felt really good. It was fun. You put some intention behind it, and then you go burn it, and uh, you dance around it. It was fun. It was really fun. That's um, but it's actually still on my door. The uh, mugwort. It's with my restra hanging on my door because no evil is coming up in this house. So. Good for you. Keeping it, Keep keeping it, it clear. Keeping it pure. Um, yeah. That's really funny. Um, well, I have one um, mythology, folklorish thing I found from Russia. Did you find anything from Russia? We don't go to Russia that much in um, our podcast. Yes, I do have something from Russia. But let's let's hold on. Before we go to Russia, since we're kind of in like the England area, I just have one more thing I want to say about England. Go for it. Um, so... In England, we have, like, okay. In England, Artemisia got her common name of mugwort from the word mogate, mogate, which is an old English word. Um, And this means moth. And the plant was kept with clothes to keep moths away from the clothing so that they wouldn't, like, eat their clothes. A mothball. Yeah, so the mogate, like where they get the mug part from, and then you have wart, so it's literally meaning moth plant. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. So, um, yeah, so if you have a moth problem and you need to get rid of it, maybe hang some like some bags of mugwort in your closet instead of hanging chemical whatevers that they give you these days. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. I didn't find that. I would like maybe mix it with some lavender too, but. Yeah. So it smells good. Yeah, it mm-hmm. smells good. And also, uh, a lot of bugs don't like lavender. Yeah, I know yeah. scorpions hate it. Yeah, yeah. But yes, um, the last thing I had for, for everyone today was a tale from Russia, which same. I don't know <laughs> if this is the same one you found. Why but don't the, you say yours first? Okay, the one I found was that apparently there was a young girl who was gathering mushrooms in a forest. And she fell into a deep pit, which turned out to be the home of a bunch of snakes. And the snakes miraculously did not harm her. And they actually ended up taking like care of her throughout the winter. Because this girl was like, I guess no one came looking for her. <laughs> she was stuck in this hole throughout winter. It's a long um, time in a I, Russian winter. In, oh, I know. I'm like, awful. oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so during this time that she was stuck in this hole, I guess both the snakes and her got their nourishment from a mysterious glowing stone, which many people speculate is an allusion to the moon. And when spring finally arrived, the snakes formed a ladder with their bodies, allowing the girl to climb out of the hole. I'm like, why didn't you do that when she first fell in? But... Why does it have to be in the spring? Why couldn't they do it? I don't know. Anyways, 
Um, and as a parting gift, the serpent queen taught her the language of the plants, but warned her that if she ever called mugwort by name, she would immediately lose the ability to um, understand this, the language of plants. And so a long time afterwards, she was walking with her lover among like along a footpath and uh, trail in the woods. And he asked her the name of a tall herb growing by the wayside. And wouldn't you know it, the herb growing by, by the path was mugwort. And so she answered without thinking, oh, that's mugwort. Oh, that's and, bitch. Yeah, I know. I know. The one she, thing that she had she to was not warned, do, she, she did She was it. warned. And yeah, so she immediately forgot the language of plants. And so because of this tale, the Russians apparently know mugwort as the herb of forgetfulness. That is the story that I found as well. Very detailed. But that's the only culture where we see forgetfulness. Yeah, that was the only one I found for forgetfulness either. I couldn't find anyone else that like had any alluding tales or anything like that to forgetfulness. So I thought that was kind of interesting and like not random, but kind of random. That, that story just reminds me of the woman in the Bible turning into a pillar of salt. The one thing she wasn't supposed to do was turn around and look at the burning city, and she did it. Oh, that and kind here, of, the, yeah. The one thing she's not supposed to do is say Mugwort's name, and she does. Like, you literally could have, like, made up a name, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, like, no, is it is it going to be the right name? No, but you could have, like, made up a name. Also, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of issues with this story. If... If the snake is teaching her the language of flowers, why plants. is plants? What is why is mugwort the one herb she can't say? Yeah, I don't know. That I have no idea. Just as an attorney, I want to know all the reasoning and the rationale and the why. Which well, I'm never gonna get I <laughs> like I didn't. Um, my brain doesn't go to that. I'm just like, oh, cool. <laughs> cool it's a forgetfulness she's dumb and she said the name yeah (laughs) i'm like why why mugwort like what is the reasoning (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't know but yeah she said it and so she forgot the language of plants and yikes yeah that's all that is all anyways do you have anything else that you found to add today Um, the only other two random things I found, and I don't have a lot of specifics on it, is I found that people have used it to eliminate, like, in, like, worms inside. Okay. Um, so I did not know that. And, um, it's been used to treat malaria. Mm, I didn't come across that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I found that, but I didn't find a lot of details on it, so I didn't want to get too far into it. But, But mainly, overall, this is a woman's herb, the wise woman's power plant. Allows you to see clearly, aids in childbirth, in in yeah, a big cramps, like a that. big ally for the midwives for sure. Huge for midwives, huge yeah. for herbalists, for witches. It, it's the mother of all herbs. Yeah, mother mother of all herbs, and I love that name that mm-hmm. you found. That is just such a good name. Yeah, I like this witch. I'm going to go back to her. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's all we've got for you guys today on Mugwort. Uh, Thank you again for joining us to listen to another episode of the Plantology podcast. What's next week? What are we doing next week? I'm excited. um, You'll just have to come back to find out. We'll have to come back? You haven't even told me. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll tell you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Kind of need to know. (laughs) Yeah, um, but anyways, I will let you know and... 
yeah thanks for listening guys and if you enjoyed the episode enjoy the show please if you are able to go ahead and give us a rating on spotify or apple music wherever you're listening to our podcast at we would really really appreciate that and if you guys have any um, herbs that you want to hear about as well, let us know on our Instagram. We are at Plantology Pod on Instagram. So if you've got any herbs that you want to hear about or if there's any ways that you use these herbs or any tales you have about the herbs we've talked about so far, um, definitely go ahead and let us know. You can just DM, DM us on our Instagram, which is, again, Plantology Pod. And we will see you next week.